Hello and welcome to the Lazy Book Club podcast, the book club for those who don't want to read or leave the house. My name is Matt Gonzalez. Well, slap my thighs and call me Charlie, it's David Cotts. And I'm Josh Matheson. So I don't know what to call you. Do I call you Charlie from now on then? Or do you, yes, you just please. said your name was David? Only if you slap my thigh every time you call me it, yeah. Uh, yes. oh, okay, I'll do that next time I see you. This week we are looking at chapter six of Treasure Island. This chapter is called The Captain's Papers. Now, last week, the pirates attacked. Well, I say attacked. They turned up at the Admiral Benbow, found the door open, walked in, went, yeah, what we're looking for isn't here. Then the tax revenue service (laughs) turned up on horses. And they all ran away and the blind man got trampled. Pew, the blind blind man. Yeah, 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 got trampled. And Jim had some kind of vantage point from under the bridge where he could see and hear everything. And that was the whole chapter, really, wasn't it? It was. It very much was. So the only thing that really sets it up for this one is the fact that they were saying, oh, do you think you know what they were looking for? And Jim goes, I think I do. I've got this stuff in my pocket. Let's take it to Dr. Livesey and see what he thinks about it. So hence the captain's papers being the title. So I think we're finally going to find out is it, a, is it a map? Is it a deed? Is it a poorly written podcast script? Who knows what the captain was planning? <laughs> <laughs> I would love it if it was erotica, a pirate erotica. <laughs> My pirate wrote porno. I don't think it's just a chest of black spots like they just sent out. He went to like Vistaprint and because and, you can't just buy one black black spot and he was just hoping he was like well I'm hoping that I'm gonna wish a lot of people dead (laughs) so I better order on mass and I'll get a couple of business cards at the same time I thought you were saying that he got a load of black spots because those are all the ships he's been kicked off of because he's that unpopular that he he just goes collecting them wherever he goes. No, he just doesn't look after his skin. He doesn't look after his skin skin care. (laughs) He needs his Neutrogena. (laughs) Oh, dear. Captain Clearasil. Captain... (laughs) I think we're all a bit old to be uh, advertising clear as and things like that. Aren't it's we? It's not like teenagers. Our market and... is it? I don't think. It's no, like... no. I, I think to, probably I used to like be, uh, quite dependent on it, and long, long yeah. days gone. <laughs> <laughs> Thankfully, uh, yay thirties. <laughs> anyway, so we uh, jump in on chapter six. Oh, we might as well do that, I suppose. Yeah, that's why we're here, innit? Here we go. Chapter 6. The Captain's Papers. We rode hard all the way till we drew up before Dr. Livesey's door. The house was all dark to the front. Mr. Dance told me to jump down and knock, and Dogger gave me a stirrup to descend by. The door was opened almost at once by the maid. Is Dr. Livesey in? I asked. No, she said. He had come home in the afternoon, but had gone up to the hall to dine and pass the evening with the squire. So there we go, boy, (laughs) said Mr. (laughs) Dunn. Who has not learnt the art of subtlety. It's like the middle of the night and he's screaming his head off. It sounds like you know when like he's sweet taught the bouncer and you know they've got that little clip 
with a little rope across and you've been like, I'll come with my mates inside. And you go, like, yeah, there's yeah, a big yeah. queue outside of the club. And he goes, all right, go inside. All right, here we go, boys. And then you look, you look <laughs> sort of odiously at the queue of people going into the club going like, yeah, we got in early. Yeah. <laughs> Subtle. This time, as the distance was short, I did not mount, but ran with dogger's stirrup leather to the lodge gates and up the long, leafless, moonlit avenue to where the white line of the hall buildings looked on either hand on great old gardens. Here Mr. Dance dismounted, and taking me along with him, was admitted at a word into the house. The servant led us down a matted passage and showed us at the end into a great library, all lined with bookcases and busts upon the top of them, where the squire and Dr. Livesey sat, pipe in hand, on either side of the bright fire. I had never seen the squire so near at hand. He was a tall man, over six feet high and broad in proportion, and he had a bluff, rough-and-ready face all roughened and reddened and lined in his long travels. His eyebrows were very black and moved readily, and this gave him a look of some temper, not bad, you would say, but quick and high. And then the squire, it seems, uh, has something to say. Oh, <gasps> oh I've got an idea. Can you do, okay. can you do Dr. Evil? <laughs> oh, okay. I can see him very billion dollars. We're watching Drag Race recently, and one of them did it on Snatch Game, and it just, I just, I just think it's been a character we've not done. <laughs> Mr. Picklesworth. <laughs> yeah. Come in, Mr. Dance. <laughs> says he. You got to do the finger. Oh, sorry, with the finger as well. <laughs> Come in, Mr. Dance. <laughs> says he, very stately and condescending. Good evening, dance, says the doctor with a nod. And good evening to you, friend Jim. What good wind brings you here? The supervisor stood up straight and stiff and told his story like a lesson. And you should have seen how the two gentlemen leaned forward and looked at each other and forgot to smoke in their surprise and interest. When they heard how my mother went back to the inn, Dr. Livesey fairly slapped his thigh <laughs> and called himself mm -hmm. Charlie. No, he didn't do that. <laughs> <laughs> Irony I, that, that was there. I, I mean, yeah. he looked yeah, ahead. Brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Livesey fairly slapped his thigh, and the squire cried, Bravo! and broke his long pipe against the grate. Long before it was done, Mr. Trelawney, that, you will remember, was the squire's name, had got up from his seat and was striding about the room, and the doctor, as if to hear the better, had taken off his powdered wig and sat there looking very strange indeed with his own close-cropped black poll. At last, Mr. Dance finished the story. Mr. Dance, said the squire, you are a very noble fellow. And as for riding down that black, atrocious miscreant, I regard it as an act of virtue, sir, like stamping on a cockroach. 
This lad Hawkins is a trump, I perceive. Hawkins, will you ring that bell? Mr. Dance must have some ale. And so, Jim, said the doctor, you have the thing that they were after, have you? Here it is, sir, said I, and gave him the oilskin packet. The doctor looked it all over, as if his fingers were itching to open it, but instead of doing that he put it quietly in the pocket of his coat. Squire, said he, when Dance has had his ale, he must, of course, be off on his majesty's service. But I mean to keep Jim Hawkins here to sleep at my house, and with your permission, I propose we should have up the cold pie and let him sup. As you will, Livesey, said the squire. Hawkins has earned better than cold pie. So a big pigeon pie was brought in and put on a <laughs> side table, and I made a hearty supper, for I was as hungry as a hawk, while Mr. Dance was further complimented and at last dismissed. Is that the old saying, as hungry as a hawk? I've never heard mm. it. Because we'd say, we say as hungry as a horse, like... Hungry as a hippo. It, we're, we're, yeah, were horses still, like... Hungry? I don't know. I don't understand... Like the horse, but I wouldn't. Have, that's what I think. I think they sometimes swoop down on mice and then go away from yeah. it. I would have got. I've yeah. never seen. A, I've never seen a hawk being like he's had a happy meal or two. They are perfectly streamlined because they're like the fastest Super animals on earth. Yeah, hmm. they're not. They're not known for being sort of like a bit, <laughs> a bit overweight. Birds of prey and hunger don't really necessarily align, do they? And now, squire, said the doctor. And now, Livesey said the squire in the same breath. One at a time, one at a time, laughed Dr. Livesey. You have heard of this flint, I suppose? Heard of him, cried the squire. Heard of him, you say? He was the bloodthirstiest buccaneer that sailed. Blackbeard was a child to flint. The Spaniards were so prestigiously afraid of him that I tell you, sir, I was sometimes proud he was an Englishman. I've seen his topsails with these eyes off Trinidad, and the cowardly son of a rum puncheon that I sailed with put back, put back, sir, into port of Spain. Well, I've heard of him myself in England, said the doctor, but the point is, had he money? Money? cried the squire. Have you heard the story? What were these villains after but money? What do they care for but money? For what would they risk their rascal caresses but money? That we shall soon know, replied the doctor. But you are so confoundedly hot-headed and exclamatory that I cannot get a word in. What I want to know is this. Supposing that I have here in my pocket some clue to where Flint buried his treasure, will that treasure amount to much? Amount, sir, cried the squire. It will amount to this. 
If we have the clue you talk about, I fit out a ship in Bristol Dock and take you and Hawkins here along, and I'll have that treasure if I search a year. Very well, said the doctor. Now then, if Jim is agreeable, we'll open the packet. And he laid it before him on the table. So just to clarify, so the squire is actually like a seaman who's worked in the Caribbean before, probably for Her Majesty's Navy or something like that. And so he's come across some of these pirates in the past in his history. It seems that way. And he's saying that he can put the ship together. So have we unwittingly given a character who's going to be with us until the end of the book, uh, Dr. Evil's voice. I'm not going to lie to you. When I, when I saw the squire, I was like, <laughs> oh, okay, cool. Passing fancy. When I saw that he was called Trelawney, I thought, oh, I know that name really well. That means he's in it a lot. <sighs> the bundle was sewn together and the doctor had to get out his instrument case and cut the stitches with his medical scissors. It contained two things, a book and a sealed paper. First of all, we'll try the book, observed the doctor. The squire and I were both peering over his shoulder as he opened it, for Dr. Livesey had kindly motioned me to come round from the side table, where I had been eating, to enjoy the sport of the search. On the first page there were only some scraps of writing, such as a man with a pen in his hand might make for idleness or practice. One was the same as the tattoo mark, Billy Bones his fancy. Then there were Mr. W. Bones, mate. No more rum. Off palm key he got it. And some other snatches, mostly single words and unintelligible. I could not help wondering who it was that had got it, and what it was that he got. A knife in his back, as like as not. Not much instruction there said Dr. Livesey as he passed on. <laughs> That's an understatement. <laughs> Somebody's scribble page. <laughs> Literally. Yeah. Didn't. It's the rantings of a madman. The next 10 or 12 pages were filled with a curious series of entries. There was a date at one end of the line and at the other a sum of money, as in common account books. But instead of explanatory writing, only a varying number of crosses between the two. On the 12th of June, 1745, for instance, a sum of £70 had plainly become due to someone, and there was nothing but six crosses to explain the cause. In a few cases, to be sure, the name of a place would be added, as Off Caracas, or a mere entry of latitude and longitude as 62 degrees, 70... How do I read this? Oh, it's minutes and seconds. Is it? 41 degrees, 56 minutes, 54 seconds north, 87 degrees, 39 minutes and 19 seconds. No way! That's really interesting. Yeah. That's actually something I've learned. Minute? Why would it be in time? It doesn't make sense. Mac, we have a jingle for... Anytime I learned something, <laughs> like, we need, like a, we need to put like a little, uh, yeah, the more you know. Have you ever used what three words? Oh, I've heard um, of it. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's amazing. That must it's be such, the same thing, such a, right? such a simple, normal concept because obviously you can't remember numbers because it's like 62, 17, 29, 240, whatever. 
what three words uses three randomly assigned words out of a list of a thousand it might be like so for example uh, where i am sat at this point in time is zips reform things that is right. three words which define the exact spot that i'm on on planet earth but the like the grid is in i think it's in meter squares so it's done across the entire planet so you could give me any meter square on planet and it gives it three random words the theory is you can remember your three words easier than nine double digit numbers. Sure. And so what you put those words into it and it will tell you where on the grid that person is then. Well, basically, yeah, or you can like tell someone where you did... are based on that. And you just go. Re- so basically all of our listeners now know where to send fan they mail do. to you. They very much do. <laughs> Not even that. So for example, if I went into my kitchen, my kitchen has a different three words. That would be a different one. Which is my, my kitchen is power likes speech. My right. downstairs toilet is <laughs> Dr. Repair Aura. And my where my washing machine is, is a Drake Output Riders. <laughs> uh good this is so weird like we should probably get back to the book i know <laughs> knowing my luck my one will be something like you're the one <laughs> <laughs> loser lives here <laughs> in a few cases to be sure the name of a place would be added as off caracas or a mere entry of latitude and longitude as 62 degrees, 17 minutes, 20 seconds, 19 degrees, 2 minutes, 40 seconds. The record lasted over nearly 20 years, the amount of the separate entries growing larger as time went on, and at the end a grand total had been made out over five or six wrong additions, and these words appended, Bones, his pile. I could make head or tail of this, said Dr. Livesey, the thing oh well, i've lost it again uh, okay it's not good anyway i don't know why i'm trying <laughs> the thing is as clear as noonday cried the squire this is the black-hearted hound's account book these crosses stand for the names of ships or towns that they sink or plundered the sums are the scoundrel's share, and where he feared an ambiguity, you see, he added something clearer. Off Caracas. Now, you see, here was some unhappy vessel boarded off that coast. God help the poor souls that manned her coral long ago. Right, said the doctor. See what it is to be a traveller. Right. And the amounts increase, you see, as he rose in rank. There was little else in the volume but a few bearings of places noted in the blank leaves toward the end, and a table for reducing French, English and Spanish monies to the common value. Thrifty man, cried the doctor. He wasn't the one to be cheated. And now, said the squire, for the other. Oh, a picture. So, oh, it's just, oh, oh yes, here we go. What a photograph! Oh, I love yeah. the guy on the left. Who's the guy on the left? He's like so. Um... I think that's. I think that's meant to be the squire, which means he does not fit the. But he 
billing he of how 18, he was described. And he also looks like he fancies the guy in the middle. He doesn't look tall. And he doesn't look like he's got yeah, any he does. eyebrows. So a bit confused about that. No. And Jim looks... But then Jim also looks tiny. Yeah, he looks like eight. And he looks like he needs the toilet. Yeah, (laughs) I'm definitely doing the little. These guys are quite. These guys are quite important. I don't ask, and it's ultimately going to be a hole in the floor because it's the 18th century. So I washed down my pigeon pie with too much water. That's what he said. (laughs) Gross. The paper had been sealed in several places with a thimble by way of seal. The very thimble, perhaps, that I had found in the captain's pocket. The doctor opened the seals with great care, and there fell out the map of an island, with latitude and longitude, soundings, names of hills and bays and inlets, and every particular that would be needed to bring a ship to a safe anchorage upon its shores. It was about nine miles long and five across, shaped, you might say, like a fat dragon standing up. (laughs) Sure. And had two fine landlocked harbours and a hill in the centre part marked the Spyglass. There were several editions of a later date, but above all, three crosses of red ink, two on the north part of the island, one in the southwest. And beside this last, in the same red ink, in a small, neat hand, very different from the captain's tottery characters, these words, Bulk of treasure here. Stop <laughs> <laughs> me around the bush. I don't very know good. why I found bulk of treasure. Yeah, exactly. Like, you know, I, I would have thought it would have been a bit Cryptic. more mystical yeah exactly just like yeah the bulk of it's yeah, around it most of it yeah we chucked a bit elsewhere but yeah <laughs> over on the back the same hand had written this further information tall tree spyglass shoulder bearing a point to the north of north northeast skeleton island east southeast and by east 10 feet the bar silver is in the north cache you can find it by the trend of the East Hummock, ten fathoms south of the Black Crag with the face on it. The arms are easy found. In the Sand Hill, north point of North Inlet Cape, bearing east and a quarter north. J.F. Oh, I felt like I was reading the shipping forecast there. I quite enjoyed that. <laughs> and yeah. Dogger by... <laughs> the only one I know. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Fair, moderate, or good. Yeah, that's it. That was all. But brief as it was, and to me incomprehensible, it filled the squire and Dr. Livesey with delight. Livesey, said the squire. (laughs) I don't know who he's becoming. We're going to have to settle into something. Gotta dance. (laughs) Yeah, he was turning a bit. So sorry, everyone. I apologize. There's no business like show business. There's no business. (laughs) Bearing in mind, I don't think I've ever actually seen Austin Powers all the way through. And so I'm basing this on literally like YouTube clips I might have seen once upon a dream. So... Well, this is your homework. I like chicken. The case that I he's like going to be a recurring liver. character. Meow mix, meow mix, please deliver. Such a good. Film. You will give up this wretched practice at once. Tomorrow, I start for Bristol. 
in three weeks' time, three weeks, two weeks, ten days, we'll have the best ship, sir, and the choicest crew in England. Hawkins shall come as cabin boy. You'll make a famous cabin boy, Hawkins. You, Livesey, are the ship's doctor. I am Admiral. We'll take Red Ruth, Joyce, and Hunter. We'll have favorable winds, a quick passage, and not the least difficulty in finding the spot. The money to eat, to roll in, to play duck and drake with ever after. Trelawney, said the doctor, I'll go with you, and I'll go bail for it. So will Jim, and be a credit to the undertaking. There's only one man I'm afraid of. And who's that? cried the squire. Name the dog, sir. You, replied the doctor, for you cannot hold your tongue. We are not the only men who know of this paper. These fellows who attacked the inn tonight, bold, desperate blades for sure, and the rest who stayed aboard that lugger, and more, I dare say, not far off, are one and all through thick and thin bound that they'll get that money. We must none of us go alone till we get to sea. Jim and I shall stick together in the meanwhile. You'll take Joyce and Hunter when you ride to Bristol, and from first to last, not one of us must breathe a word of what we've found. Levesey, replied the squire, (laughs) you are always in the right of it. I'll be as silent as the grave. End of chapter and end of part one. There you go. Saga. Can I just say, it's very presumptuous of these men that they can just take a boy to sea without informing his family, his mum, his oh, parents. Yeah. Like, dead. Anyone. They're just like, Jim, you're going to be cabin boy. You're not going to leave my sight and you're going to come with me. And we're all going to go. And it's like, Jim might be like, I don't want to go to sea. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to live on a boat. Imagine that was your work experience. Just getting school. dragged along. Oh, no, absolutely not. It's bad enough working in an office in London, let alone being on a ship in this time as well with no working plumbing <laughs> and like all refrigeration. No fridges. That's it, Jim. Just poo off the back. You'll be right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> I mean, cruise ships are bad enough for, like, germs and disease yeah. in their current modern state, let alone how they are here. How anyone survived any journey by boat in this time. Just I the fact that you're no probably idea. just perpetually damp as well, which upsets me. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I reckon so. And just knowing that you're in something that's held together, just, that's just is wood. Does that, <laughs> that put you uh, Ill at ease, Matt? Wood, no. Yeah. Well, yeah, because I mean, not being funny, like even the big metal cruise ships make enough noise and you're crossing like the Atlantic yeah. or the Pacific and you're like, these waves are huge and these ships are huge and you know you've got enough lifeboats that are actually, you know, okay. But in this time, mm. absolutely not. Not going anywhere. This is why no one left their town. They all stayed in their little yeah, hamlet and married not. the girl yeah. next door. Happy here, actually. <laughs> yeah, yeah we exactly. We may get murdered. There's a really oh. good chance. There's a really, really good chance. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> so it's a bit of a bureaucratic 
chapter uneventful was, but then i guess like oh suspect yeah at the end because of course it's we're building to the to the adventure it's on. setting up i mean it, it's kind of set the, the set mm. the whole story in a role though because it's to so say this is what we're gonna do we've we've named some people that mm. we think it's it's basically the start of the heist it's like it's like Da, 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 you son of a bitch. Da, 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 da. I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit. Rick and Morty yeah. reference there. But yeah, no, it's true. Trelawney's already like, you know, we'll take Red Roof, Joyce and Hunter. Like he's already got his little like little, crew yeah, of the recruit gymnast team, yeah. and con man. And, the grifter. Yeah. Explosive expert. Yeah, exactly. The book seems to be a ledger, yeah. I'm assuming, isn't it? Basically... Yep. Um, him taking note of every ship that they boarded and what they stole from each ship and what's been put in the booty that's Bulk been buried on here. the island. Yes. Yeah. And what was the place? What was the person they said did it? Flint? Did they say Captain they mentioned Flint. Flint? Yes. He wrote the poem. Or yeah. Not the poem. Was Captain Flint no, a real so. person? Maybe. Uh, I know they. Because Blackbeard yeah, was. Blackbeard. That's why I'm asking. I Blackbeard went sure. to Eton. But it could be like Peter Pan, where Hook he mentioned did. Blackbeard did. as well, didn't it? And so, like, he's the pirate of legend they almost always link to to give it that sense of yeah. realism. I don't know. So, Captain Flint is a fictional character. He's completely fictional. But they'll obviously just use Blackbeard as a thing of, like, you know, that guy you've probably heard of. Who's he's in like the culture. Him. Yes, exactly. Like what, like what Dan Brown did with the Da Vinci Code. Yes. So the plan here, according to the Squire, then, is basically to go to Bristol. I mean, I'm not sure the timeline. He said in, in three weeks' time, three weeks, two weeks, ten days. I mean, those are all different periods. It's increasingly <laughs> optimistic. <laughs> 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 Tomorrow, is it ten days? next year, is it three weeks. It's almost like, you know, when someone's pitching something to somebody and he's like, we'll do it in three weeks. And you see in their face going, mm, two weeks. 10 days do you know what I mean like with he's bargaining with the doctor almost like yeah but I think it, I don't know if he's getting a, a look back from the doctor like what is that it three weeks Can't but interesting do it that the doctor's then? like I'm a bit worried that you're going to blab about it yeah but also very just smart of him though as well to just to kind of I, I, that's obviously not only just the doctor but the author to kind of try and bring it about back around of like you know there's still drama here guys even though we've just spent a whole chapter talking about paperwork remember there's people out to kill them um just to try and keep the suspense up i think in the sense of yeah. impending doom a bit like 39 steps like constantly just having somebody chasing him towards the end of the chapter just to make you feel like something's yes, happening when nothing not was happening mucking around in scotland for about a year <laughs> it's true building a wall or whatever it was genuine thought that just popped into my head Matt, you, you were like, oh, <clears throat> oh, it's a bit like in the 39 yeah. steps. And I went, oh, I just read that recently. And I was like, oh, wait. I read it with, <laughs> with you guys. That's, uh, I'm, I'm tired. <laughs> That's brilliant. <laughs> yeah, it was a bit of a okay, late chaps, one Okay, it's time to play. Guess what? The <gasps> next chapter is called. Go. I love the game show oh, personality you. that's coming on this. So I went last week. So is it's it? David Okay. First. The first chapter so of part it's a new, two. It's a new, it's a new part. Um, um, 
uh, am I going to go down my normal route of trying to play it safe? And playing it safe has not been great, really. So, um, they gone down, find a ship. God help them. <laughs> it's, the, it's, the, it's the title I'm going for. Excellent. But imagine it, imagine it in a text. I love map. how, like... Right. But you, like, playing it safe. Was just rambling. Like all of your things have been like, oh, I don't know. They get a book and then they go to the library and then they. <laughs> That's a safe bet. Like what you normally say. It's a really snappy <laughs> title there, David. Um, I reckon it's going to be like the voyage begins, or like, what do you say when a ship disembarks? Leaves. <laughs> I've got, I've, I've got, cause you, know, cause you know, it's like disembowel, and it's bark. oh yeah. I I feel like disembark is oh, a yeah. punchline to a joke about a dog getting its head chopped off. Oh, yeah, it but it's be. disembark. So you come on right joke. in. Tell us, tell us the, I'm like I bloody love dogs, and if anyone does it in front of me, or I'll, I'll write a strongly worded letter. But I yeah. do think it is a punchline to something disembark. So all right. Write in. I thought you were saying if somebody like shanked a tree, it'd be <laughs> that would be Making a cutting. It's like, oh, it's an oak. <laughs> yeah, the like tapping for yeah. maple syrup or something. Yeah, um, I'm gonna. I'm, I'm actually. You know what? Let's make it sassy. I'm gonna have oh, bon voyage, <laughs> bon voyage. That's you what you say bon when you voyage. leave, isn't it? <laughs> I need to say goodbye, sweetheart. <laughs> well, ho- hopefully, uh, yeah. Hopefully, it's, um, that's what's it. Mr. Captain, what's his name? Do- Mr. Dance will be there to see them off. Dr. Like, Mr. Dance. Oh, Mr. Dance. Oh, voyage. Oh, okay. See you later. Yes. Get a good tan. Uh, no, you're both wrong. Give <laughs> me about some duty free. Both wrong. So the first uh, chapter of part yeah, two, okay. uh, which is entitled, for your reference, The Sea Cook. Take that as you will. Mm. Um. Yeah, and chapter seven, okay. its first chapter is called. No, it's not. Um, it's actually <laughs> called something really quite Damn mundane. It. I go to Bristol. Oh. So. <laughs> or in local dialect, that I exotic, go lovely place. Yeah. I goes to Bristol. I go. <laughs> if anyone's seen Russell Howard. There you go. We're going to have to get some Russell Howard impressions. Oh, I, do, I, I do a good impression of a bit of Russell Howard. next chapter. I do. Oh, I love a Bristonian accent. So I'm actually quite looking forward to this. Although Bristol's really mud. Well, it's just quite Bristol. a cool city, it's but awesome. yeah, it's a bit nice. of a mundane title. But um, no, it is nice. It is nice. But it's not the Caribbean. It's true. Not, you know. Is it? Yeah. No, but where's it's my oat middle milk cappuccino in uh, Bridge, Bridgetown, Matt? You know, <laughs> like... Yeah. Yeah, no, it's true. The coffee there is terrible, but the rum's really good. And the so piano's hot. Matters. That's the gin is cold, but the gin is cold. Well on that note <laughs> The rum is good and the piano's hot. <laughs> I love that Matt took mine as ipso facto just going like Yeah, yeah, cool, cool. So yeah, anyway, we're gonna <laughs> I was just like, what are you on about? Because it wasn't the lyric. Oh, dear, we're delirious. We need to wrap this up because we're going to start losing listeners. If you've got any thoughts or opinions on this chapter, you can message on thelazybookclub at um, gmail.com. Or if you'd like to tell us your favourite 
uh, geographical location on Earth, pinpointed to an exact three-word setting. <laughs> Tell us on Twitter. It's at Lazy Book Club Pod. And if you could choose three words to uh, uh, sum up where you are right now, what would they be? Tell us on Instagram at Lazy Book Club Pod. <laughs> yeah. Is that like mentally, spiritually? Start of a voice class. Mentally. We say, give me three words that sum you up right now. Go. And everybody, you know, it's for one of those. Right. Okay. <laughs> I mean, it might actually be quite a fun exercise if people were to send in where they listened from. But in oh, their why didn't I think of that for my little bit? Like oh, their town. Yeah. So yeah, if you if you if you understand anything of what David was explaining and can work out how to look it up, because I probably can't do it, send the three words and where you listen, just so we That's can genius. see where people are listening from. There might be some fun word combinations. Also, we're on Patreon for the very small fee of three dollars a month. You get an extra episode every month. Last month, you had the delight of having Mr. David <laughs> Cox be our narrator, uh, trying to be Australian, trying topic. to be. Actually, no, you did the West Country quite well. The West they Country were all was pretty beautiful. good. And and the Scouse, the 87-year-old Scouse with a lisp was quite good. I basically just lost where I was the whole time. Um, I, it, it, yeah, it, it was, if we, if we were to label the episode as something, it was called Josh's Revenge. <laughs> it was Josh's Revenge against David for the last two years. So if you haven't listened to that or you're not a Patreon member, do sign up and then you'll get to see that. Otherwise, we will see you next week for chapter seven, which is I go to Bristol. Riveting. We'll see you then. Bye. (laughs) 